This is Elena from Russia, and you are listening to Everybody ESL. Welcome to episode 91 of Everybody ESL the podcast for everybody who wants to improve their English, practice their English, or just learn more English. My name is Ben, and I have another good episode for you today. We're going to talk about grammar and vocabulary and small talk and a lot more. You can subscribe to the Everybody ESL podcast at Apple Podcasts, on the Stitcher app, and wherever you find your podcasts. If you like Everybody ESL, leave it a good review so other people can find out about it, too. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for me, please send an email to everybodyesl at gmail.com. Okay, let's get on with this episode. I'm recording this in the first part of September. And here in the United States, most kids go back to school in the first part of September. So I thought school would be a good theme for this episode's vocabulary. And the first word on our school-related vocabulary list is grade. Grade, G-R-A-D-E. Now, when it comes to school, grade has two different meanings. One meaning of grade is a group of kids, and this group of kids is usually separated by age. When kids are about six, that's when they start first grade. When they're about seven, that's when they start second grade, and this system goes all the way up through 12th grade, when kids are about 17. After 12th grade comes college. So when kids start going to school, When they are usually about six years old, they start in first grade, and they go up one grade every year. Well, the second meaning of the word grade is an evaluation. Your grade is a number or a letter or a score that says how well you did on a test or in a whole course. If you get a high grade on a test or a course, that means you did very well. If you get a low grade, that means you did poorly. Well, this brings us to the next word on our vocabulary list, and that is A+. And that's spelled capital A and then a plus sign. A plus is the highest grade you can get. A plus would be the same as scoring 100% or maybe 99%. That is the best grade. How about this word, flunk? Flunk. F-L-U-N-K. To flunk means to get the worst grade you can get. If you flunk a test, that means you did very poorly on the test, and your score is considered a failing grade. You failed. You did very badly. To flunk is to do very poorly on some kind of test or assignment. What do we call the piece of paper or the form that lists all of the grades that a student got for that whole school term or for a whole school year? 
That is called a report card. Report card. R-E-P-O-R-T-C-A-R-D. A report card is a list that shows all of the grades that a student got. Back when I was going to school, a report card was actually a card or a piece of paper. I think these days it's something that often exists on the computer, but we still call it a card, a report card. How about this next word, sub, S-U-B, sub. Do you know this word? When it comes to school, sub is short for substitute, S-U-B-S-T-I-T-U-T-E. And a substitute, or a sub, is someone who takes the place of someone else. When we're talking about school, a sub is a teacher who is taking the place of the regular teacher. Let's say the regular teacher is sick, or for some other reason, they can't come to class to teach. Well, the school will provide a sub, or a substitute teacher. The next word on our list is cram, C-R-A-M. Now, usually, cram is a verb that means to pack something in tightly. If you are trying to pack too many clothes into a suitcase, you might have to cram the clothes into the suitcase to push them in, to pack them in tightly. Well, when it comes to school, cram means to study very hard. Usually, if you talk about somebody cramming for a test, that means that they are studying very hard for a test that is going to happen soon. And when you know the regular meaning of cram, I think this special meaning of cram is easy to understand because when we need to learn a lot fast, we need to pack our heads with lots of information. We need to push that information in very hard to get all of the information to fit. So to cram for a test means to study very hard for a test that is coming soon. How about this? Have you ever heard of a hall pass? H-A-L-L-P-A-S-S, hall pass. A pass is evidence that you have permission to do something. And if you have a hall pass, it means you have permission to be in the hall. When kids need to leave the classroom for some reason, they need to get a drink of water, or they need to go to the bathroom, or maybe they forgot something in their locker and they need to go get it, the teacher will often give them a hall pass. And that means that they have permission to be outside of the classroom and walking in the halls to do whatever it is they need to do. The last word on our school vocabulary list is hooky. Hooky. H-O-O-K-Y. Hooky. We usually hear the word hooky in this phrase, to play hooky. And when we say to play hooky, we mean to stay home from school or to stay home from work. But here we're talking about school. To play hooky means to not go to school. If there is a day when you need to go to school, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and there's no school vacation, you need to go to school, but you just don't want to go. You can play hooky. I think this is something that older students do. Instead of actually going to school the way they are supposed to, they play hooky. People will talk about playing hooky from work also. It's the same thing. If there's a day when you need to be at work, 
but you decide you just don't want to go, you can say you are playing hooky. Instead of going to work, instead of going to the place you need to go, you are staying home or going and doing something fun. Well, those are our school-related vocabulary words for the week. For this episode's grammar topic, I want to talk a little bit about the word that. T-H-A-T, that. As you know, that has many different uses. And the use that I want to talk about right now is the that that can introduce a new sentence. What am I talking about? Well, here are some simple examples of what I'm talking about. Let's look at a sentence like this. He told me that he enjoys scary movies. He told me that he enjoys scary movies. Okay, what do we have going on in this sentence? Well, we have the word that introducing a whole new sentence of its own. So we've got the big sentence, he told me that he enjoys scary movies. And inside that, we have a second sentence, he enjoys scary movies. And that second sentence is introduced by the word that. Here's another example. I believe that it will rain later today. I believe that it will rain later today. Now, again, this is a very common kind of sentence. We often make sentences where that introduces a new sentence. And together, that and the new sentence can serve as the object of a verb. So, I believe what? I believe what? I believe that it will rain later today. He told me what? What did he tell me? He told me that he enjoys scary movies. Okay, here is the thing I wanted to tell you about that. When that is used in this way to introduce a new sentence as part of an object of a verb, we often omit that. We can just forget it. You don't need to say it. You don't need to write it. We can say, I believe it will rain later today. Where did that go? The first time I said this sentence, I used that. Do you remember? I said, I believe that it will rain later today. But I can just delete that. I can just leave it off. I don't need to say it. I believe it will rain later today. He told me he enjoys scary movies. This particular kind of that can easily be omitted. I think sentences without this that often sound a little more informal, but I think they are appropriate for all conversation and for a lot of written English, too. But this might present a problem. You might have learned this construction as always including the word that. But when you encounter real, natural English, and you listen to people talking, and you read all kinds of English, you might see that that is often omitted. It's often deleted. It's not there. I would like you to think of it this way. That is always a part of this kind of construction, but it is sometimes just implied. 
We don't actually say it. In a way, it's there, but it's invisible. Now, keep your ears open and see if you can hear any sentences like this, sentences that include an invisible that. They're there, but they are not spoken or they are not written. And I think if you keep your ears open, you will hear examples of this kind of sentence. This episode's small talk topic, or social situation, was suggested by Gulden from Turkey, and she wanted me to talk a little bit about drive throughs You know what a drive through is, don't you? A drive through is a part of a restaurant where you drive your car up to a speaker and you order what you want, and then you drive up to a window and you pay for your food and the person gives you your food, and you drive away. That is a drive-through. And I think this is a good topic because many people use drive-throughs, and they do present some challenges for English language learners. Let me start with the most basic thing. When you pull up to the speaker, when you pull up to the place where you make your order, the person working inside the restaurant will probably say something like this. They will probably say, Welcome to, and then the name of the restaurant. And then they will say, may I take your order? May I take your order? That's just a polite way of asking, what do you want? What do you want to order? May I take your order? Or they might say something like, do you know what you'd like? Do you know what you'd like? Again, that's just a polite way of saying, what do you want? So they will probably say, welcome to the restaurant. May I take your order? Or, do you know what you want? And what is a good way to tell the person taking your order what you would like? Well, all you need to remember is the regular polite ways of making requests. And that means you are going to say something like this. Yes, I would like, and then you tell them what you would like. Or, yes, could I have, and then you tell them what you would like. Remember, would and could are words that are often used when we make polite requests. Yes, I would like this. Yes, could I have this? I think these are the best ways for you to give your order. Now, what if you have a question? What if you pull up to the speaker and you see this big menu with many different things you could order and you're not really sure what you want? Well, in that case, you can tell the person who will take your order, that you need a little bit more time. You could say, I'm not quite ready to order yet. I just need a minute. I'm not quite ready to order yet. I just need a minute. Now, of course, when we say minute like this, we don't mean actually one full minute. We don't mean 60 seconds. That would be a long time to sit in your car and look at the menu and decide what you want. When we use minute, we often mean a short time, a moment. So you can say, I think I need another minute. I'm not quite ready to order. I think I need a minute. Something like that will communicate it very clearly to the person working in the restaurant. After the person has asked you for your order, and after you have given your order, the person inside the restaurant will tell you how much money your order costs, and they will tell you to drive up or pull up to the window. 
and that means it's time for you to leave the speaker and the menu area and drive up to the window. And there somebody will get your money and give you your food. And of course, don't forget to say thank you when you're done. That is all part of good manners in any kind of social situation like this where somebody does something for you. Before, I mentioned that this kind of situation, ordering at a drive-thru, can present some difficulties. What did I mean by that? Well, the first thing that might make it difficult is that it's all done through a speaker. In other words, you can't see the person you're talking to. And I think that can make communication a little bit difficult. The other reason that it can be difficult is because the speaker might not have very good sound quality. So while the person in the restaurant might greet you by saying, may I take your order, what you hear coming out of the speaker might sound more like, can I take your order? It might be difficult for you to understand, but here's what you need to know. Even if you don't understand all of the words that the person is saying, that's what they're asking. They're asking, may I now take your order? So even if you can't understand it, Trust me, that's what they're saying. They're saying, please tell me what you would like to order. I hope this little lesson helps you the next time you use a drive-through. And now, it's time for the joke of the week. And as if the joke of the week was not exciting enough, and I know it is. For this episode, I'm going to do something I have never done for the joke of the week. That's right. This episode's joke is a joke that I myself made up. I made this joke up. Yes, yes, I know, I know, I know. This is special. All right, are you ready? For this week's joke, a joke that I personally made up, here it is. Why does no one believe the anchovy? Why does no one believe the anchovy? Do you know what an anchovy is? Anchovy is spelled A-N-C-H-O-V-Y. An anchovy is a really small fish. Why did no one believe the anchovy? The poor anchovy. Why did no one believe the anchovy? Do you have any ideas about this? Probably you don't. It's kind of a silly question. Well, here is the answer to this week's joke. Why did no one believe the anchovy? Because it was a little fishy. Because it was a little fishy. Anything? Does that mean anything to you? Do you understand why this is a joke and why it's a very good joke? It's because the word fishy means two different things. The first meaning is a kind of cute way of saying the word fish. Maybe it's the way a very small child would say fish, fishy. The same way people call dogs doggies and call cats kitties and call pigs piggies. It's the same idea. So a fishy is just a fish or a little fish. But fishy also means something very different. Fishy also means strange suspicious, not quite right, not something that you should trust or believe. If a person seems fishy, it means 
they just don't seem quite right. They don't seem honest. Maybe they're telling lies. Maybe they're doing something they're not supposed to do. Or a situation could feel fishy. In other words, it feels like something bad is going on. Something dangerous, something illegal, something inappropriate, or something that's not quite honest. So the anchovy in this joke is a little fishy in two ways. In the first way, well, it's a small fish. And in the second way, there's something mysterious and suspicious and not quite right about this anchovy. So nobody believes the anchovy when it tells them something, when it tells them a story. I don't know what the anchovy is saying. Uh, you can figure that part out. But that is our joke of the week. This is the part of the podcast where I usually give a listening quiz. But in this episode, I want to try something different. You can let me know whether you think this works or whether you think I should stick with the listening quiz. What I would like to do this episode is give you a homework assignment. I know I'm not really your teacher. I can't make you do this homework. I'm not going to give you a grade. But I'd like to give you this assignment anyway, and I strongly encourage you to do this homework. I think it will be helpful. The first assignment is only for people who live in the United States or another country where most people speak English. I would like you to go to a drive-thru and order something, and pay for it, of course. Any kind of drive-thru you want, a coffee place, a restaurant, it doesn't matter. I would like you to have the experience of going through the drive-thru, listening to that voice that might be a little bit unclear, coming from the speaker and giving your order and then driving up and paying and saying thank you. Doing that whole transaction, that whole experience, that is your first homework assignment for this week. Here is your second homework assignment for this week. I would like you to write 10 sentences of your own that use the construction that I talked about in the grammar section of this episode. These were the sentences that work like this. I believe that it will rain later today. I would like you to write 10 sentences that work in a similar way, and I would like you to write them with and without the word that, just so you can become more familiar and more comfortable with that style of using this construction, the style that deletes or omits or does not use the word that. And right there, that is your whole homework assignment. Maybe in future episodes, I will give you more homework assignments. If you would like to write to me and tell me how it went when you went through the drive-thru, I would love to hear about it. You can record yourself telling the story, and maybe I will play that recording in a future episode. If you would like to send me the sentences you write, that is great too. I would love to see them. Good luck on your homework. And we have reached the end of episode 91 of Everybody ESL. Remember, if you have any questions for me about English, or if you would like to make any comments or suggestions about the podcast, or if you would like to record an introduction that I can use at the beginning of future episodes, the same way Elena recorded the introduction you heard at the beginning of this episode, send an email to everybodyesl at gmail. I'll be back soon with another episode, and until then, keep going, 
keep practicing, and keep learning. Goodbye. I'll see you soon.